1: Go spread the word. When you get a fresh hot McCrispy from McDonald's and
2: you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: Hey Buy the Book listeners, Kristen here. Did you know that you can receive a weekly Buy the Book affirmation minisode, plus the rules of every book that we've lived by? it's easy. All you have to do is become a member of our Patreon community. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash listen to buy the book. Again, that's patreon.com slash listen to buy the book, or just look at the episode description from today's show. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children.
2: Now, here's the show. Hey, Kristen. Yeah, Jolenta. Can I ask you something? Of course you may ask away. Can I ask you something?
0: Yes, what is the question?
2: That's the question. I'm asking you about asking.:
0: Oh God. Are you asking because we're about to live by the rules of a book about asking?:
2: Well, it is interesting that you should ask. Jolenta, stop it! I will not stop it, because I am Jolenta Greenberg, And I'm Kristen Meinzer, and this is by the book.
0: In each episode of Buy the Book, we choose a different self-help book to live by, follow it to the letter, and weigh in on whether or not it actually changed our lives.
2: For this, our eighth season, we're living exclusively by self-help guides written by celebrities. And today, we are tackling The Art of Asking by Amanda Palmer.
0: Amanda Palmer is a musician and performance artist who's worked as a soloist, as well as with the Dresden Dolls, Ben Folds, the Flaming Lips, her husband Neil Gaiman, and many other famous names. In her mid-twenties, she released her first studio album paid for by people she asked to loan her money. At 28, she signed to a major record label, eventually got out of it, then celebrated by recording a song which, quote, stole its title from lyrics by N.W.A., She uploaded the song, asking fans to pay whatever they wanted, and the money came pouring in. Not long after, she launched a Kickstarter campaign to fund her newest album. The fans came through with $1.2 million in pre-sales and backing, making it the largest music project in crowdfunding history. Scrutiny soon followed, with critics asking how Palmer mustered the bravery to ask directly for money, particularly when she wasn't paying her volunteer musicians. As a result of her Kickstarter notoriety, she was invited to give a TED Talk called The Art of Asking to tell her side of the story and explain her philosophy around asking for help. The talk was viewed over 8 million times in the first year and eventually led to her writing her book, The Art of Asking, How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Let People Help, in 2014.
2: In The Art of Asking, Palmer posits that asking is the fundamental building block of any relationship— Constantly and usually indirectly, we ask each other for help, trust, and love in order to build and maintain our relationships with each other. And yet, the world is constantly telling us to DIY, particularly when it comes to our art, well-being, and livelihood— Palmer believes there's a better way, Uwyc, in other words, use what you can, accessing the different tools, people, resources, situations, and opportunities at our disposal by asking. Of course, this requires letting go of shame and a scarcity mindset. It means not begging or demanding, but asking with gratitude. It means seeing that we have the power to help each other. And above all, it means embracing the ways that asking can bring us closer together while getting us what we truly want.
0: Here's how you do it. Step one, defy the fraud police. The fraud police are the imaginary force of real grown-ups you believe will come knocking on your door saying, We've been watching you, and you have no idea of what you're doing. Remind yourself, the fraud police are not real. What you're doing is of value, and your efforts are worthy of support, even if they don't look like a traditional job.
2: Step two, build community. Asking isn't a solo act. It involves other people, so cultivate emotional connections face-to-face and by creating work that truly touches people. Participate in cooperative and collective projects. Create and maintain comprehensive mailing lists. And stay in touch with your community online, in person, and through handwritten notes every day. Step three
0: practice asking. Ask store clerks where the condoms and tampons are stocked, even if it embarrasses you. Ask people you care about questions that will encourage them to open up. Ask people to wish you luck as you embark on new projects. Ask and accept what's given to you as you would a delicious donut, and be grateful.
2: Step four, ask for mentorship. Think about where you could use some advice, cheerleading, and mentoring. Then think of someone you truly admire and ask for help. In Palmer's case, for example, she reached out to future husband Neil Gaiman when she wanted feedback on a book project and the lead singer of her favorite band when she was an insecure teenage musician. Dream big, then ask. Step five,
0: ask as a way to give back. Do you need an opening act for your next show? Ask some talented people to share the stage with you and let them enjoy a bit of your spotlight. Need a place to crash while you're on the road? Set up a couch surfing network that also serves other creative traveling people. There are so many ways to give back even as you ask.
2: Step six, ask for patrons. There are people who don't want the spotlight, but instead thrive in supporting you so you can shine. Seek these people out and give them the joy of feeding you, giving you money, and offering you the free use of studios, equipment, and performance spaces. As you do, revel in the fact that you're making their lives richer with your creative energy and the knowledge that they played a role in your success. Step seven, ask for the hard stuff.
0: Do you need space from your partner? Do you need to be nurtured in a particular way? Do you need medical advice? Whatever it is you need, ask for it. And remember that if you love people enough, they will give you everything.
2: Step eight, encourage others to ask. Share your story, your insecurities, and the insults you receive with your audience. Let them know they're not alone in their struggles and that they can ask for help. Encourage your followers to help each other out emotionally and financially, and teach other creative people to pass the hat with gratitude, not shame.
0: That's what the book says, and so that's what we did for two weeks straight. All right, Jolenta, I am dying to hear about your first week of asking while living by The Art of Asking.
2: Mm. Kristen, this book was a lot. I have (laughs) all the thoughts on this book. I want to talk about them this instant. I know you'll say I'm not allowed to because that's like already verdict territory. Mm, I might say that or I might not. Interesting, interesting. Uh, I'll just say I think... I officially hate books that start with, and then I was asked to give a TED Talk. <laughs> like, unless you're Brene Brown, I cannot anymore. So we'll leave that there.
0: Yes, we'll leave that there. How did you start living by this
2: book? I started with step one.
0: That is defy the
2: fraud police. hmm now, I had no idea how to do this. The book is like, don't give in to haters, even if they're in your mind. Like, we're conditioned <laughs> to, like, be hard on ourselves. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But there is a voice in my head that tells me, like, I'm not good enough for anything. Like, I have trouble asking for basic things sometimes. And, like, how do I deal with that? So... I figured I would just ask my therapist because she probably has actual advice as to how to defy the fraud police. And please note this is only my side of the conversation. My therapist is responding in headphones. Uh she's made it very very clear that she never wants to appear on this show. Wants nothing <laughs> to do with it, which I think is a nice healthy boundary for her and me I think probably. So too. Um, so let's take a listen <laughs> or it's like, here's an example. Like I'm on a low enough dose of gabapentin that it wouldn't like, it's totally fine to take an extra one every day. And like, so I do that most days, uh, like when I'm have like, unless I'm having like a really good day and I'm running out, like, cause I'm prescribed three a day and I'm taking four a day most days. So I'm like running out quickly and like my insurance freaks out if I like, you know, try to refill it within a month. And I like cannot ask for a refill but for four a day instead of three a day like I don't want to bug her like in my mind I'm like uh don't bug her like you're not it's not that much pain like you can usually get through the month like don't why are you looking at me like I don't want to fuck. Or, like, in between appointments. Like, I know, I know. And, like, also, I, like, didn't ask her at my last appointment, and I meant to. Like, I don't know why I can't do it.
0: You know what, Jolenta? Mm -hmm. Whoever that asshole is in your head telling Mm -hmm. you that you don't deserve more medicine, fraud police. I know, right? Yes. So what did your therapist uh, tell you to do with those fraud police?
2: So she said, if I can't trust, like, the shit-talking voice in my head, I should pause And ask myself what someone who cares about me might advise me to do, like my mom or Brad or even you. Kristen, she weirdly brings you up a lot. I think she really likes you uh, (laughs) or how I describe you.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you, Jolenta. And thank you, Jolenta's therapist.
2: (laughs) Yes. So I, I figured if you were in my head, you would say to stop fretting and to ask my doctor for the correct prescription, a.k.a. Ask for the hard stuff. Ooh, look at you jumping ahead right? to step seven, Jalenta. One to seven, just I like that. I had the momentum. Plus, I promised my therapist at the end of that session I would email my doctor right away. So I emailed my doctor and she was like, oh, yeah, no problem. That like, can't believe that was an oversight on my part. Here you go. Like one second later. Wow.
0: It was so hard to ask, but then once you did, it was so easy to get what you wanted to. Jalenta, is your real name Amanda Palmer?
2: look at you um stop it no you're it's going not. and you're getting it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what did you do after that?
2: Well, after that one successful ask, I figured I would just keep up the asks and do step three
0: that is the practice of asking, so just mm-hmm. putting asking into your daily practice i'm I'm taking it right,
2: yeah, so I asked for lots of things, mostly from Brad because he's the only person i'm around, and because. Fun fact, I'm still sick dealing with lupus and I need him to do everything for me. So I asked for back rubs. I asked for refills on drinks. Basically, I asked for all the important things.
0: What did you do after that?
2: After that, I turn to my patrons to do some asking.
0: (laughs) Your patrons? You already have Mm -hmm, patrons? mm -hmm, That mm -hmm. is step six. Tell me about your patrons. So
2: my patrons, uh, other than the amazing people on Patreon, who are actual patrons, um, (laughs) that that subscribe to the Buy the Book Patreon. Kristen, you want to give them a little plug?
0: That is patreon.com slash listen to buy the book. One more time, patreon.com slash listen to buy the book.
2: Uh, other than those patrons, I figure Brad is really my major patron, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I think he's my most prominent patron. He provides me with lots of things I cannot provide for myself, like love, a penis once in a while, health insurance, <laughs> um, you know. But there is an area where I could still use the help of a patron that's, that's been overlooked in my life.
0: And what area is that?
2: That is the dinner area.
0: Why would you need to ask for help in that area? We all know, everybody who's ever listened to the show, that he already mm-hmm. does all the cooking, Jolenta.
2: Yes, yes, he does most of the cooking and loves doing the cooking when he can. But Kristen, he hasn't been good at cooking dinner lately. He what? works I know. He works in the evenings and he's kind of used to treating dinner like like a quick bite, you know, how most of us would treat lunch. Like grab a salad when you can, maybe heat up some soup. And uh that's sort of how he's been dealing with our dinners, especially cuz like I'm sort of a bump on a log by dinner time with all my lupus meds. I'm I'm tired, I'm cranky, I'm not in the kitchen. And, you know, it's been going okay. We've been ordering stuff. We've been heating up lots of soups, making lots of noodles with butter. But like, at the end of the day, I need more. I need more nutrients. I need more reliable dinners. So I asked Brad if he would be generous enough To be my food patron and to start cooking us better dinners on weeknights so I can get healthier, faster, and, you know, keep making my art to enrich us both, a.k.a. this podcast. I don't know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. And how did that go, Jolenta? So
2: he started cooking dinners right away, and we were definitely eating better. So we'll check back in with how that went later.
0: Gotcha. And did you do anything else in week one?
2: Oh, yes, I did. I did step eight. That's encouraging others to ask. hmm I thought of this step one night uh, because after cooking dinner, Brad, my, my patron, <laughs> asked <laughs> if I could put the dishes in the dishwasher. Uh, I said yes, but then I fell asleep instead of doing that. And I was like, shit, I want Brad to feel like he can ask things of me too. So... I did not do the dishes right away, but I put them in the dishwasher and ran it the next morning, and then I went and talked to Brad about his asks. I want to let you know that even, like, if I can't do something right away, when you ask for help, like, I'm here for you, even when I'm sick. So, like, I couldn't do the dishes last night, but... I ran it for you today. Exactly.
3: Like, you you are doing what your body is capable of in a given moment. But, like, also I'm here
2: for you. Yeah. And you know you can ask me for stuff still. Yeah. No, I I, I do not have that. Okay, you promise? Yeah. Do you you feel taken care of or like I help you um, even if it's late? Um, Yeah.
3: About, like, the things that you like to do. (laughs) Wait. And not the things that you don't like to do. Uh, But that's like me, too. So don't
2: worry. We learn. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I just want you to know I've got your back as much as you've got mine. And you can ask favors of me. Do you think maybe one of the things you'll do now that you're awake is brush your teeth?
3: To
0: have my breath. <laughs> Brad, ask away. Look at you, mm-hmm. Brad. Now you're asking.
2: I brushed my teeth and he got his ask answered. <laughs> and that's where I ended week one with some better dinners and a fresh mouth. Nice.
0: Nice, Jolenta. <laughs> Kristen,
2: please, please tell us all about your first week of living by The Art of Asking by Amanda. Palmer. Let me ask. What happened? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, before I get into it, I'm just going to echo what you said, mm-hmm. Jolenta, about reading this book. Uh, I don't want to play all my cards, right. but I'm just going to say Amanda Palmer's writing style drove me up a freaking tree. Mm. It's like she took a one-page artist statement and somehow repeated herself and uh, wrote in circles, and before you know it, there were 400 pages, and it just it was, was painful, yeah. painful, painful, painful to read. But we're not here to talk about Amanda Palmer's writing style. Not yet. Um, we're here to talk about uh, practical wisdom, if there is any, in this book. Yes. So let's get to that. I started with step one
2: Defy the fraud police. Yes. How did you do that? All right. So to set the
0: stage, we were living by this book in March 2021. It had just been announced that Oprah was going to release an interview she'd done with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. And if you listen to the last episode of the show, you'll know that I ended the episode debating Piers Morgan about whether or not it was within their right to do this kind of interview.
2: Right. And uh, just a reminder, that last episode was How to Be Famous. Please take a listen if you want to hear Piers yelling over our very own Kristen. It is it is great. Also, Google it and watch the vid.
0: <laughs> yes. And within 24 hours of my appearance on Good Morning Britain with Piers Morgan, I started to receive messages from online randos here I am reading some of those messages with mm. Dean. You're an idiot American who doesn't know the first thing about the Royals.
1: Oh, great. Okay. Uh, you minorities are always playing the race card. What does I can't that even say mean? that. I'm white. <laughs>
4: what does that even mean? I don't even.
1: The <laughs> sentence makes my skin crawl.
0: What the fuck? Here, let's look at this one from somebody who, of course, has a cartoon character as his um, icon here. Did it ever occur to you that the only reason you see racism everywhere is because you have a chip on your shoulder and are always looking for it?
1: Wow. Um, oh, here's a good one. You have less talent in your entire body that Piers Morgan has in his pinky.
0: Is that a typo? They don't even know what they're typing.
1: If the if it is the right way around, I think they mistyped the word fart <laughs> as T A L E N T.
2: Wow. Nope. And wow. Assholes, they're in the house, and that house is online. <laughs>
0: yes, it is. Wow. They're in that house. Wow.
2: People are fucking monsters. They're so desperate to be so angry so fast. Oh, I hate oh. it. I'm sorry. I hate that. And I'm sorry you had to read that shit and even laugh about it.
0: Oh, my God. I mean, that's just a little snippet
4: of what's mm-hmm. online for me.
0: You know, people somehow find my home address, and they're oh. royalists who send me hate that's mail all insane. the time. That's insane. It's crazy. It's crazy. Anywho. So for step one, I made a decision. Mm -hmm. As a recognized anti-racist royal watcher, I had no obligation to engage with these trolls. Yes. I had better things to do. And so I said goodbye, bye-bye to those fraud police.
2: Yep. There's a mute button for a reason. And don't (laughs) engage. I love it. I'm obsessed with that. Kick those fraud police and or trolls to the door. What did you do next? What
0: step? Well, after my Piers Morgan interview, it wasn't just trolls reaching out to me. It was (laughs) the BBC. It was Morning Edition. It was a guy named Brad who hosts ABC's Start Here podcast. Hmm. Maybe you've heard of it.
2: Side note to anyone who doesn't already know, Brad is my husband.
0: (laughs) Indeed. And one of the press requests led me right into step six.
2: Oh my gosh! I love step six. Step six is ask for patrons.
0: Yes, I was a guest on Reliable Sources on CNN with Brian Stelter, and at one point he said this to me during the interview on air.
4: And Chris, and the idea of a profit system here is this all about profits at the end of the day for everybody involved, for the royal commentators like you, for everybody. Hey, for me right now on CNN.
0: Well, I mean, obviously there's money involved here. Let's be realistic about this. The media empire is huge, and the interest in the royals is huge. A poll that was just done this last week by Morning Consult found that nearly half of Americans would welcome more royal content. There's absolutely a hunger for this. However, I just have to point out also that a YouGov poll this last week found that even among Britons only 25% believe that the coverage of Meghan Markle has been fair. So mm. we want more coverage. And yes, there's money there. But at what cost? At the cost of writing false and abusive stories? So, Jolenta, um, mm-hmm. you caught that. Brian Stelter was saying that we're all making money off of Meghan and Harry. Yeah,
2: profits for uh, everyone involved.
0: Yeah, for uh, him who hosts the CNN show, for commentators like me. But do you know what? Hmm. That's not actually true. That is not true. And all I could think when he was asking that is, what the hell are you talking about? I am not making any money off of this. I'm just putting the truth out there. But maybe it's time to start asking for the big bucks. So after the interview concluded, I wrote to CNN and I asked for money And I asked all the other outlets for money as well. Uh, I know this wasn't quite the same thing as asking for patrons, but those networks have millions of dollars to throw around. So maybe they could serve the same purpose as patrons.
2: Uh, And did any of them pay you? Did any of them pay up?
0: Yes, exactly two. Two out of roughly 20 appearances, but two beats nothing. So I will take it.
2: Uh, That is incredible, but I do have to interject. I do not know if this actually counts as asking for patrons, does it?
0: Uh, It probably doesn't, but that's because I think asking for patrons is kind of a douchebag move. Uh, Don't get me wrong, I think it would be great if rich people stopped hoarding all the money, but people like Amanda Palmer are one— already rich. She started off rich. She had well-to-do parents. She has been rich her whole life. And two, people like Amanda Palmer are capable of working. In her words, she just refused to. Mm. And I'm not like you, Amanda Palmer. I actually like to work. So I am not going to ask for patrons the way you want me to. I'm not going to do it.
2: Yeah. Your patrons can be places that already have a lot of money. That's fine with me, even if it's not fine with Amanda Palmer. Yes. So
0: Thank you. After
2: that, what did you do?
0: Well, I was getting so many press requests that I was barely sleeping. And (laughs) yet I felt I had to say yes to them all because there aren't that many people of color the media calls on to talk about the royals. And I really think it's important that it's not just a space dominated by uh, 65 year old white people. No offense to all our 65 year old white listeners, but Those are the voices that mostly dominate the conversations about Mm -hmm. the Royals. And I think it's really important as a younger person of color to be vocal. Um, Anywho, I was lucky enough to appear on WBEZ's Reset with a kick-ass woman who was new to Royal watching named L'Oreal Thompson Payton. She is Black. Take a listen. This
2: is all not surprising, but still disappointing that even in today's
0: age, we are still having these conversations that not only racism, but the colorism. And I can only imagine what I've been talking about with girlfriends on Twitter as well is, can you just think for a second what it would be like if he had married someone who looks like me, who is darker, who's in the four hundred family, who has, wow. um, who's a little bit thicker, right? Has 4C natural hair. And because the Fair skin and straight hair, that proximity to Eurocentric uh, mainstream media beauty ideals makes makes Megan a bit more palatable, but only to an extent. So obviously, L'Oreal is fantastic, Mm -hmm. and she's able to talk about Meghan Markle from the perspective of a Black woman, which I obviously can't do. So after the interview, I reached out to L'Oreal, and I asked, would it be okay if I gave your name to some of the press outlets reaching out to me? I think the world needs more of you. And she kindly said yes. And I like to think that means both she and I kind of completed step five together.
2: Right. Totally. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, hello, asking as a way to give back. That way you could maybe get some sleep and get some of those interviews off your plate and mm-hmm. give a platform to someone who has like a lot of very important things to say. You freaking nailed it.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you're a media outlet listening right now who wants better anti-racist Royals coverage, don't just call me. Also try L'Oreal. She is amazing.
2: I love it. And I love L'Oreal, I think. What did you do after that? I nurtured my community. Okay, so that is step two in the book. Yes. At the
0: end of week one, after all my press appearances... I had a thousand new followers on Twitter. Ugh, jealous. On top of the thousand I nabbed when we were living by how to be famous. And I decided that the best way to reward all these new followers was by live tweeting the Oprah interview with Megan and Harry. So that's what I did. I just tweeted and Mm, tweeted mm, and tweeted mm. and tweeted and tweeted and tweeted away. Take that, trolls. I mean,
2: as a member of your community, I have to say I very much appreciated those live tweets. So I consider that step a smashing success.
0: Oh, why? Thank you. Thank you so much, Jolenta. And on that note, can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, would it be okay if we took a really quick break?
2: Yeah, of course it would be okay. But quick, before we do, we need to ask our listeners, uh, have you guys lived by the art of asking? Have you read it? Did it work for you? Do you know Amanda Palmer? What's it like to ask for hard things? Share your story with us at facebook.com slash groups slash or just email us at kristenangelenta at gmail.com.
0: Of course, we would be remiss not to also ask you to leave us a voicemail. You can do that at 302-49-BOOKS, 302-492-6657.
4: Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with SiriusXM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with SiriusXM to uplift diverse and emerging creators.
0: We are all dying to hear about your second week of living by The Art of Asking by Amanda Palmer.
2: All right. So for week two, I started with community building. That would
0: be step two. Mm-hmm.
2: And I wanted to make sure I was staying in touch with my immediate community, a.k.a. my family. So, Kristen, I'm not good at staying in touch with family. I tend to, like, start and stop or let things slide or, like, send one Valentine's card to one person for no reason. But I thought back to what my therapist told me about like the fraud police and stuff. Cause one of the main reasons I don't reach out to family is especially right now with me being sick, like I don't want to bum them out. Uh, I feel like the last thing they need is like a call from someone who is like, I know we're in quarantine and everyone's still waiting to get their vaccines. And also like, I'm a mess in this way too. Like, cause I have lupus and I'm falling apart and like life is hard. I don't want to be a burden on people, but I was like, my therapist would say to pause and ask myself, would like Brad or Kristen or my mom agree with this line of thinking? No, we would not. Exactly. We I was like, Kristen wouldn't agree. And you heard her live here. She doesn't agree.
0: I do not agree. Do not agree.
2: So I was like, fine, I'm going to reach out to family and I'm going to start with my grandma i hear I hear you finally met baby Leo. How was that? Oh, you would just love him. He looks he I mean a, he's the cutest oh, he is, and he's got um that personality. He's just uh first thing coming to come in the door. He looked at Grandpa and he's wanted to go to him right away. Oh my God, it's, um, it's just cute watching him crawl around and how he pulls himself up on anything oh. Went to the chest of drawers and pulls out the, the handles, you know, that are there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comes onto that one. And then got his hand on on the one above to pull himself all the way up. Mm. Just amazing how they learn. Yeah. He's probably, is he, like, super alert, like, all, like looking at everything? and? Oh, yeah. Yep, he wants to check everything out. Yeah, and he's just a happy little guy. So I would be happy if you could meet him, too.
0: Oh, that is so sweet. So, what did you do after that?
2: After that, I did step four
0: that is asking for mentorship,
2: and as you know, the book says to reach for the stars with this one, granted, in the book, it seems like Palmer's mentor basically like offered to be a mentor to like her like through a friend or something, so oh, that, she had
0: so many mentors she just though had that lots way. of
2: connects and stuff, and like Cindy Lauper was mentioned. Yeah, I'm just going to call up famous
0: rock musicians. I'm going to call up one of the best-selling authors in the world. She just calls them up and
2: like – Right. But she's already famous. I don't have those deep, deep connects. Um, but she does mention Cyndi Lauper in the book, and that got me thinking, like, I saw Cyndi Lauper at concert once, and she was <gasps> opening for Cher – I remember that concert, mm -hmm. yes. So I was like, I'm just going to reach out to Cher. She's incredible at everything. Why would I not want her to be my mentor in all things, everything? Like, she tweets high and Twitter explodes. Like, I could (laughs) learn a lot from her. So I tried to reach out. I tried Twitter. I tried, like— you know, a few random emails using, like, IMDb pro contact lists, like, for her <laughs> reps.
0: Did you actually say, I would like you to be my mentor?
2: I was like, I'm a comedian, a podcaster, and performer. I love your work. I think I could learn a lot from Cher. Uh, if there's any way I could <laughs> pick her brain. Oh, God. Would kill to do it. And and how long did it take for
0: her to write you back?
2: Uh, it's still taken. No one, <laughs> no one has written me back. She has not written me back, nor have any of her people. But I'm not saying they have not written me back. Period. They just haven't written me back yet. And
0: at least you asked, right? Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So after that failure of an ask, I thought maybe I could turn the vibe around by doing step five. That is asking as a way to give back. Mm -hmm. And so for that step, I asked my mom if I could help her get a COVID vaccine appointment. Ooh,
0: nice. And
2: she said yes. Oh, yay. (laughs) She said she would love it if I would help out because she's not that great at computers. And she's becoming eligible to get the vaccine, like, this week because— Sadly, she's 64, so she didn't make the 65 and up cutoff, and in her state, there's like a three-day window for a 50 and up crowd, and like, it's going to be a race, so you got to know how to use computers. So, the day after, I ask if I can help her, and she says yes. Brad comes running into our office, and he says he thinks he found a site that might get my mom an appointment. So, we call her up, and we get to scheduling. Listen.
3: Thank you for your registration. A confirmation email has been sent to your email address. Appointment confirmed.
2: Oh my gosh, you're going to the Dick We Dick du, Community it's Center. Lompoc. It's in Lompoc. Oh,
3: that's okay. Oh, really? Is that really is far? far? Is that the
2: closest there is? I mean, it'll be. I guess
3: I'll. Okay. Yeah, it's the only one that you're available for starting today. That they're doing this week.
2: I don't know it's as far as I think
3: it is. Though. No, that's kind of far. Oh, Shoot, it's like an hour away. Oh, Jesus.
2: Yeah. I, I, oh, yeah, it's like very far. Well,
3: darn it. I'm so sorry. Let me keep looking then. We might yeah. want to cancel this.
2: Oh,
0: it was such a good effort. It was I such know. a good effort. So did Did you actually cancel it, though?
2: We did cancel oh. it. It's over an hour away. My mom doesn't have a car, so she would have to spend oh. a lot of money on a car service. And, you know, there were more appointments were going to become available in her area. But it was it was a big bummer.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. And how did you end your second
2: week? Oh, I'd check back in with my patron, Brad, (laughs) to see if him cooking more dinners is enriching to his life the way it is to mine and the way the book says it will be. Uh, So here's what he had to say. What are you doing? Making some rice. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I wanted to ask you, especially because your day is so busy today. Yeah. How do you feel when you have to stop and cook?
3: Um, I don't know, sometimes I get stressed out, but most of the time I think I like it because it gives me a break between stuff. Like, it's nice just to be like, I'm done for a second. It gives me like a sense Mm -hmm. of completion. But it's hard, like it's not something I do at work. Like if I was at the office... I would not be like, I'm going to go cook
2: now. Guys, pause. It's going to take minutes, like, yeah, cook. 20 to 40. Yeah. So it's kind it's of different. Tough. Yeah. Not yeah. totally unrewarding. Yeah. So. Do you resent me for it?
3: No, I don't resent you for it. I feel like it's very high. I feel like I'm a caretaker.
2: Yeah. Well no. so, like, that's that's a that is true.
3: Right. So it's <laughs> but it's not like I'm like,
2: oh I would do this any
3: day. Like it's hard. Like mm. I, it's gonna it's hard.
2: So uh he's not enthusiastic, but he doesn't seem to hate it either. Hmm. I
0: I feel like I know that feeling. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I guess on that note. I ended my second week with an unenthused husband and no mentor and no vaccine for my mom. But on the bright side, you are a care receiver. Oh, I love it. She's a caretaker. It. It's true. And I'm getting really good dinners.
0: Yeah. Remember, that's what Amanda wants. She wants you to get what you want.
2: True. I did get it. But enough about what I got. What did you get, Kristen? Please tell me about your second week of living by the art of asking. What happened? Well, week two started
0: off with my friend James Barr.
2: I love James Barr. Uh, James is the amazing British ginger comedian, uh, and he was your co-host for your old podcast When Megan Met Harry. Correct, Kristen? Yes.
0: Yes, and he reached out to me after the Oprah interview aired, and he said, Kristen, I think we should host a Meghan Harry and Oprah special together, not just because our old fans would like it, but because Meghan talked so openly in the interview about her desire to kill herself. And Mm. people like Piers Morgan are saying she's lying, and I think we should make clear that people thinking about suicide should always be believed and that it's okay to ask for help.
2: Um, so I think that sounds like step eight then. Yes. Uh, Encouraging others to ask.
0: Yes, absolutely. And for those who haven't heard the episode yet, here's a clip.
3: Now, there's a lot here. And Mm -hmm. I really felt that description when Megan talked about being up at night and not wanting to be alive anymore and how it was a methodical feeling of suicide. And I've definitely been through that. So it is completely accurate.
0: We want to remind all of you out there that if you're considering suicide, if you're in a not good place, you are not alone. So many of us have been there too. There is help. There are suicide prevention hotlines in every corner of the world. In the U.S., you can call 800-273-8255.
3: In the U.K., it's 08457-909090.
2: Um... I love that. And uh, if any of our listeners would like to hear the full episode of When Megan Met Harry, the Oprah interview, um, it is exclusively in the movie therapy with Rafer and Kristen feed. It's not in the old Megan and Harry feed. I looked there, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's you. in movie therapy.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Jalanta, for the plug. It's a necessary I- plug. <laughs> and fun fact— the same day that our Meghan, Harry, and Oprah special came out, Piers Morgan stepped down mm-hmm. from hosting Good Morning Britain.
2: Ugh, Kristen, you did that. You <laughs> did that. He was—he heard that special and was like, "Shit, I gotta go." And I fought <laughs> with her on air. I can't show my face anywhere. That's that's my interpretation of of events.
0: Oh my gosh. I
2: love your view of the world. I Um, love it. I'll take it. (laughs) Thank you. I thank you. Thank you. Okay. Enough about how powerful you are in media. What did you do after that?
0: I moved on to step three or maybe it was step seven. I'm not really sure.
2: Okay. So practice asking or asking for something hard or both.
0: Yes. Let's say both. Sure, maybe. Uh, Let me hear what you did first. Wait. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) For this, I asked Dean the following question, which I think was asking for both. So take a listen. Honey, can we schedule a time for sex?
1: Uh, You mean, like, synchronize our calendars and, you know, have your EA set something up for us? (laughs)
0: I mean, I'm not sure if you noticed, but all this round-the-clock work I've been doing with Oprah and Megan and Harry, it's it's kind of put a damper on things. And um, I don't know if you're keeping track, but I feel like it's been close oh, to two weeks. I'm keeping
3: track. Oh god.
0: <laughs> Anywho, um, I am wondering, can honey, are you paying attention?
1: I was sorry one- I was distracted thinking about scheduling all that kinds of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what?
2: <laughs> Kristen, I mean when you say you were asking for something hard are you implying innuendo or am I just going there because I'm a 13-year-old boy? I don't want to know the answer. I'm glad you practice asking. And I think asking to schedule sex is a difficult thing to ask for. And oh, it wasn't difficult. And a hard it was asking- thing to ask for. I know the word play. Ugh. Oh,
0: God. I know you want to move on now, don't you? I mean, you? <laughs>
2: I am curious about, like, how much more sex you had. But also, I would like to move on and find out what you did next more. Yes. So what did you do next? I did step four, or I should say I did my own version of step four. Okay. That's asking for mentorship. So I'm still recovering from something <laughs> hard.
0: Yes. Um, and here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do this step I didn't want to call up famous people and ask them to mentor me. I mean, Amanda Palmer, as we already discussed, Jolenter, is like already rich and famous and already has a bunch of mutual friends who are rich and famous. And it's not that hard for her to call up somebody like the Beastie Boys and say, hey, can you help me with this? Because she's already rich and famous. And for little people like us, it's almost disrespectful to reach out and waste their time when right. they have better things to do, right?
2: Yeah, that's why I laughed when I was, you know, telling you what I wrote to share because I knew it also <laughs> sounded ridiculous.
0: Yeah. So I really didn't want to do this. So instead of doing what Amanda Palmer said, I reverse jiggered things. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than asking, I decided to say thank you. I oh, wrote letters nice. to three famous people who've already mentored me from afar without even knowing it. mm Who
2: were those people?
0: Well, they were Oprah Winfrey, who's Uh been a role model for almost my entire life as Mm. a woman in the media, as a survivor of abuse, as someone who consistently gives people a platform to tell their stories when no one else gives a damn. And I also wrote to Megan and Harry, (gasps) uh, thanking them for talking openly about their own mental health struggles, uh, talking with them about how much I appreciate uh, the fact that they're saying it's okay to leave a situation that's no longer serving you and also thanking them for trying to create a more equitable mm-hmm. world through their media company, through their charitable work, and so on. So I just I thought it was important to give thanks. I don't need to ask for anything from them. I, I can just thank them. They've already given me enough.
2: You're so right. That's so much nicer than what I did. Um, uh, well, I mean, I do have to ask, did anyone write you back?
0: No, of course not. Okay, <laughs> I, I just, I just, I had to check. I had to, check. but I didn't expect them to. I didn't I know, expect them I to. Know. I just, I really hope that the majority of what Oprah and Meghan and Harry receive in this world are letters like the ones I sent, and mm-hmm. not crappy, right, terrible, demeaning things that trolls write to me. That's what I hope for. Yeah. I hope that, and and if I could be one more person giving them a little bit of thanks and a little bit of love. That's all I could ask for. Well,
2: that's – oh, shut up. That's really nice. (laughs) Way to slip ask in there, girl. Um,
4: You know, it may
2: not be what Amanda Palmer would expect, but I think it's a great way to end your week. That is where you finished your second week, yes?
0: It is. It is. And that means it's time to take another quick break but before that, reminder, you can always follow me, Jolenta, by the book, on Instagram. Jolenta, what is your
2: handle? I'm at Jolenta underscore G.
0: And I'm at K10 Minzer, K10 Minzer.
2: And the show is at By the Book Pod. Get those pictures in your eyes. Stay
0: with us. When we're back, it's verdict time. All righty, Jolenta. It's time to get down to business. Did The Art of Asking actually work? Would we recommend it?
2: Okay, Kristen. I didn't know anything about Amanda Palmer going into this. I was open, but after reading it, I was closed. (laughs) I hated this book, and I feel bad because it made me judge Amanda Palmer probably harsher than I should. Um... But as I said at the beginning of this episode, please, no more expanded TED Talks into books. No more expanding tweets into books. No more expanding anything viral into books unless the person writes for a living a la Brene Brown. That is the only one I will accept at this moment. Don't know if that matters. But this book was just so rambling, Basically, it's like full of shitty stories about like my friend Gary and this guy came over and we did this thing and everything always worked out at the end. It was like if the idea of like hashtag blessed wrote a self-help book (laughs) and like, but it's like in the real world, we aren't all like cute white girls with magical rich friends. You know, it just doesn't work that way. I liked... I liked hearing about my baby cousin and connecting with my family more. But, like, this book was not worth it for that. I could have, you know, done that just after that therapy session I had regardless without the book. And, like, (laughs) this book was just – it just felt so gross. It's all about ask for money and favors. Don't give anything back. Like, the satisfaction of giving is enough for the people that you're asking from. And it's like – it's just like how to be an entitled taker. And I didn't like it. And also just I have to give a peek behind the curtain and say Kristen is a goddamn hero because she distilled the rules for this book. And it was all over the place. There was zero structure. And the fact that she could like actually pull those in succinct ways out of the book is a miracle.
0: Thank you, Jolenta. It was hard. <laughs>
2: I know asking is important, and especially women are deterred from it and, like, told to be caretakers, but, like, we're working on it, and there are other ways to learn about it than this book.
0: That sounds like a bad verdict, Jolanta. It sounds yeah, like oh, you're not recommending yeah, I
2: it. I do not recommend.
0: <laughs> you? All right. Well, let's start off just talking about the book itself. Um there are a lot of bad things about this book. It's not just the writing style. It's also what she's writing about and yeah. specifically how she deals with race. She almost never mentions anyone's ethnicity unless they're
2: Asian. Right. Like, I know like when she's talking about busking and like then like this like sad Asian busker came up and gave me money and I was like, whoa. and it's like, why couldn't it just be another busker? Like what, why is this the like description? Why do you only
0: mention race when it's Asian people? And then, you know, we mentioned early on in the description of Amanda Palmer in her biography section of this episode that in her own words, she stole from N.W.A. And yeah. the lyrics she stole that she made a bunch of money off of the song with crowdsourcing was, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help your black ass.
2: Oh, no. A white woman I didn't do enough stealing research. those
0: lines, stealing those lines, like, What? The way she deals with race and class are so freaking problematic. And let's be real. Her whole book seems to rest on the belief that we'd all get more of what we wanted if we asked for more. But let's keep in mind who in our world is allowed to ask. Mm -hmm. A rich, conventionally pretty white girl who has other rich, conventionally pretty famous friends. That's one person who in our society gets the privilege of asking? What about poor people? What about people who are not conventionally attractive? What about people who aren't white? It's not as easy for the rest of us to just uh, mm-hmm. expect to get what we want by asking. That's not what's holding us back. There are bigger structural issues that are holding us back. It's not because we're afraid to ask. Um, also, I just, God, I I, I don't want to gripe on this too much, but Like, her whole way of being in the world, like, being someone who is so precious, who refuses to work, Mm -hmm. whose parents paid for her to go to a very expensive, very prestigious school called Wesleyan. Like, oddly, a lot of the authors whose books we've lived by went to Wesleyan. I don't know why. Um, And then essentially saying to her parents, I'm not going to work after this, even though her parents put her through the school. I, I just, like, her way of being in the world seems so completely out of Touch and Mm -hmm. it drove me nuts.
2: It's Um, very much an everything works out philosophy. And you're like, I don't think we need to be reminded in this day and age that like that only happens for a certain group of people and isn't reality.
0: Yes, yeah. So yeah, some good things happened while we lived by this book. But that being said, I don't think the book was the reason why. And thus I absolutely cannot recommend this. I cannot recommend the art of asking. There are better ways to ask, and this book is not the way to do it. No.
2: Verdict, don't read this book. Let's ask that book to take a hike. (laughs) And on that note, that's it for this episode of By the Book.
0: Huge thanks to everybody on our kick-ass production team at Stitcher. Our producers, Brandon Nix, Corinne Wallace, and Daisy Rosario, and our engineer, Andy Christens. Thanks also to Nate Wida, who composed our theme song, and to the Rizzos for performing it.
2: Please stay in touch. Let us know your thoughts on this book, your thoughts on what happened in this episode. Share your stories. Ask us questions. We'll talk about it in our mini episode next week. You can email us at kristinandjalenta at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at Jalenta G, at Kristen or at ByTheBookPod.
0: You can also leave us a voicemail message at 302-49-BOOKS. That's 302-492-6657. And also, if you have not yet done so already, please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and rate us and review us in your podcast player. It helps other people to find the show.
2: Ask people to rate us and review us even if they don't listen. Just get our numbers up. (laughs) <laughs> Ask a friend if they've listened to the show. If they haven't, download it on their phone. Until next time, I'm Jolenta Greenberg and I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.
0: Stitcher